Hello and welcome to another episode of What High School Did You Go To? I'm Gabe Diverge and Chris Hatfield is not with me and that's because this is the very last thing I'm doing before finishing editing this podcast. As you are probably aware, Louisville fell today to the Texas Tech Red Raiders 70 to 57 and in the midst of that failure Chris and I decided to do a live Twitch stream a live recording of the podcast where he talked pretty in-depthly for about 30 minutes about the game so what you're about to hear after the intro is that conversation and following that is a few other discussions on other topics we talk about uh, Andy Bashir getting inaugurated. We talk about this Louisville GQ article that came out, which was fun. I have a little conversation about the Patriots, that whole deal. So stay tuned for that. I do want to let you know that the audio for that is not great. Tried to mess with it for the past 30 minutes. It's not being cooperative. So it sort of sounds like Chris is just basically on his cell phone. Apologies for that, but it's about 20 minutes of that. If you can get through it, I appreciate it. And hopefully you enjoy. Uh, but as I mentioned, following this initially is us talking about Louisville losing and how little fun that was. So hope you enjoy that. Hope you enjoy the rest of the episode and we will see you next time. Take care. Coming to you from inside the Waterson Expressway. Greatness started in Louisville, Kentucky. It's the only podcast that misses cahoots. This is What High School Did You Go To? With your hosts, Chris Hatfield and Gabe Diverge. Louisville is the greatest. Hello, all How's you everybody? viewers out there. How's everyone doing? I've <laughs> got Chris here. Uh, the tech per usual not not working to our benefit uh but chris is here and uh uh we just witnessed our own louisville cardinals lose 70 to 57 uh to the texas tech red raiders and chris it was it was just not louisville's night a a lot went wrong and we're we're gonna try and go through it Uh, i think how this is gonna work guys is we are recording this this will be our uh, discussion of the game for the podcast. We're planning on recording a podcast anyway, so we figured we'd do this part live. We'll go ahead and discuss the game here for next little bit. Uh, if you've got any questions, feel free to toss them in the chat. And, uh, yeah, that's how this is go. Chris, what's your initial thoughts on a scale of 1 to 10? How mad are you? 10 being, like, super mad, 1 being not <laughs> mad at all. Well, I, I've had a few drinks, so I think I'm a little bit madder than I actually would be. Um, on a scale from 1 to 10, I'd say it's a solid 6. It's funny that I messaged you before the game and said that I'm you know, kind of nervous about this game, and you were like, yeah, I, I feel the same way too. It felt like to me going into this game um, that Texas Tech is, you know— uh, a, a championship team, a, a championship team that has lost a lot, but a championship team nonetheless right. um, that was very desperate for a win. And when you get those teams in this type of position, they usually play their best. Um, Chris Beard is a great coach. I thought Texas Tech played well. I didn't think they played great. And I thought Louisville played really bad. When that happens, you get result that, that you saw tonight. We can I want to go as many levels as you want to go. I, I am down to, down to do that. Um, but generally speaking, I think the story of the game kind of starts with the offense and then kind of branches off from there. How, how are you feeling? What are you thinking? Uh, where are you at right now? No, I, I think there's a lot of things. I, 
so many different things that and that we're going to go through. I think were problems. Uh, I just I, I do want to say not to be not to I don't know. I felt do we we talked about it before the game. I f- it was almost weird how much on paper this felt like Louisville should have just taken care of business, and. I, I just saw Chris Beard's name at the top of the roster for, for you know, on the top of the Ken Palm page for, for Texas Tech. And I was like, this just feels weird. This just yeah. feels like there's something else. What is the other shoe that's going to drop? What is the deal? And I think we heard it all night, and we're going to talk a little bit about it. I think we've got, you know, uh, what we're planning on talking about. But I didn't realize the importance of Madison Square Garden to Texas Tech and Chris Beard. I didn't understand, uh, you know, the, f- the fact that they had a week to prepare for this. Louisville played a, a late Friday night game. Um, they, they, you know, they traveled to, they, they traveled to Madison Square Garden on Monday and Texas Tech had a full week to, to talk about this and, and Chris Beard had a full week to drill into their heads. And you saw it, Texas Tech from the start, this was their game. I never felt like Louisville recovered from that first, you know, they had that first segment where Stephen Enoch was able to do a lot and Tech immediately recovered from that. And it never felt like Louisville was able to get back on top of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, offensively, 100%. That's the issue. You know, this Louisville team, I mean, they shot 17.6% from three, 34% from the field. That's just grossly unlike them. That's not what Louisville has done at all this season. I I don't listen. I, I, I saw a lot of people on the TL talk a lot about uh, the big lights at Madison Square Garden are, are, are brightening in their eyes. The agents are there to see Nora. Uh, no, it, Louisville had a bigger, higher profile game against uh, against Michigan a week ago tonight, and, and they did not shy away from the spotlight. So I, I, I don't think that that was the issue. I think this was just a team that was grossly unprepared for the effort they were going to see from Texas Tech. Combine that with perhaps the worst point guard performance in recent memory from a Louisville basketball team. We, you know, were big Perry guys. He was awful. Uh, Fresh Kimball was not great. Uh, Ryan McMahon, at, you know, he, he's not really a point guard, but he also turned the ball over several times. Uh, offensively, Louisville just wasn't good. Just, yeah, just I mean, flat out. Uh, uh, 19 turnovers tonight. And the most shocking part for me is that Louisville gave up the lead in the, the eight-minute mark of the first half, and they, they never got it back, and it never felt like it was it was even threatening. I, I mean, there were stretches towards the end of the first half where it felt like maybe that Louisville could go into the half um, with, you know, it tied or or possibly with the lead. But once once that buzzer hit and, and you go into the locker room and they come back out, it really never felt like Louisville was in threatening position, and that, for me, is the most disheartening thing. I think a lot of people are going to overreact you know to this game because that that's what we do but if if you want to if you want to overreact that's the thing that you can overreact for is that the things that hampered Louisville last season was that they get punched in the mouth right and right. and then there may there may be a a response um, but it's not strong enough and then they just kind of hang around hang around and then they get knocked out and and that's what kind of happened tonight we saw them Against Michigan, I never really felt like they got punched in the mouth. That second I half, agree. Michigan made Michigan made a run, and uh, you that know, very it, first it few got, minutes of the second half, yeah, right. It, it, it got in the single digits, and I, I think Wara went on a six zero run personally, and then Lowell went on a ten zero run in general, and that kind of ended that game. But but tonight. Louisville got punched in the mouth, and there wasn't really a sp- really a response, and that for me is the biggest disheartening thing. 
because you know you go into an off season and you hear so much conversation about toughness and and finishing and and you know we we've talked about it in the podcast I, right. I, I don't need to repeat it but that's what you didn't see tonight the entry passes into the post were absolutely garbage they were coming from the high post and and Texas Tech was so tight in that position that they were just awful they were they were throwing to a spot that that just wasn't there it it, it didn't seem like there was much conciseness or anything about those those post touches and that kind of led to the the onslaught of the second half and that that felt like for me that was a story throughout um as, as far as it relates to Darius Perry I mean he wasn't good but even worse his body language man yeah. it was just yeah. bad that was the worst I, part to I, me I, as well I agree I, there was there was two turnovers where he threw into the post um, to Stephen Enoch, he caught the ball once, and the other one was a turnover, and they were both pass bad passes. In the next possession down, he's the guy getting in the face of Stephen Enoch. Well, I mean, not not getting in the face, but but talking to Stephen Enoch and saying, you know, do this, and I'm just like, dude, like like th- that's on you, man. And that's those those are the type of things that that worried me tonight. I completely agree with you. It. it the worst part of it was was the lack of ability to kind of come together and and find some kind of common ground i mean it i was i tweeted i was i felt lucky that louisville was down three at halftime and i i was fully not fully expecting but very much on the okay they're gonna come back out war is gonna hit some threes you know mcmahon's gonna hit some threes maybe you'll get a three from sutton or enoch or perry and they'll go on a quick run and they'll be up you know two three points quickly and this will you know it'll be all fine and they never did that those first few possessions felt very much a continuation of the struggles of the first half with the turnovers the let-ups on defenses on defense and it just it never felt right you're absolutely right i never felt like they were getting it together even when they there was that one stretch in the second half where i think what they cut it to five mm-hmm. and clark stepped back and and made that three uh right in in uh, in malik's face and that was the only time i felt like there was a sense of momentum like okay things are happening here for real and i i i don't know i i, I don't know i mean I feel I'm glad I I hate to say it and I tweeted it out, but I like I'm glad this is happening in New York and not Lexington because I think this was going to happen in some way, shape or fashion. You're you're kidding me if you thought Louisville was going to go 40 and obviously you hoped it was against a team that was ranked. You hope it was against a team that isn't missing their best player. Um, But I'm glad it's happening now and not against UK, uh, to be quite honest. (laughs) Yeah, so. uh I, I think the kind of story that we want to dig into here is the obvious, and and that's a point guard play. I just got a message to me sent on Twitter um, from I'm not gonna call him not Matt online because he changed his name to not Matt online, but he's still Matt online two four seven to me. Um, <laughs> but 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 the stat he sent me was the last three games, Louisville's got 25 points, 13 assists, and seven turnovers in the point guard spot. That's the thing. Uh, that's cumulative. That's cumulative, correct? Yeah, yeah, cumulative. 25 points, 13 assists, 17 turnovers from the point guard spot. That's that's not good, Chris. That's Darius Perry. That's that's David Johnson, and and that's Fresh Kimball. What I I do wonder about, and we'll talk about Darius, and we can talk about Kimball, but what I do wonder about is – 
the thing that was weird to me in the second half is that David Johnson got so much run, but we didn't see him against Pittsburgh. We barely saw him against Michigan. So why throw him into the fire? Is it is it just a matter of Chris Mack saying, you know, I'm looking for answers, so this is what I'm going to do? Why not try out David Johnson? Because, you know, no one else is working. It just felt like to me, we talked about it two weeks ago, that we thought that that the pit game and, and the, even, you know, even the Michigan game were games that David Johnson could see some some stretches where he played and he just didn't. I, I, I do wonder about that a little bit. Yeah, I, I get it. Listen, I, I don't know. I, I think I've not been as keen on the, on the David just toss David Johnson in there and see what happens thing because I do think you're gonna need either Perry or Kimball to be a, a a functioning point guard come March, no matter what's happening with David Johnson. Yeah. I, I think those are the guys that are gonna have to carry some weight on their back, and I don't know, man. It, it's it, I I get it and and. I, I think David Johnson is definitely going to see some extended play. I'm very interested in seeing what Chris Mack says in this post in this post game about point guard play because it just felt like the same mistakes were being made. It, even down to the final minutes of the game, they were turning the ball over. Louisville, man, they turned the ball over 19 times. <laughs> That's and, 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 and I mean, and the thing about those entry passes is that. I, I touched on it a minute ago, but they were coming from the top of the key. When you're playing against a defense, I'm not sure, like, you know, how much Louisville fans really looked into it, but Texas Tech's defense is predicated on not letting anything get in the middle. You cannot make entry passes from the top of the key because that that, that literally is just feeding into what they want to do. If you want to make those entry passes, they have to come from the wings. They have to come from mm-hmm. Jordan Moore, Samuel mm-hmm. Williamson, Dwayne Sutton. And it seemed like repeatedly – they were trying to force those entry passes from the top of the key, and it, it just didn't work, and it kept happening, and it kept happening. Yeah, and that, that's it's like the the definition of insanity is is trying the same thing over and over and assuming that it's <laughs> it's going to have a different result, and it just kept happening right. over. Like I would love to see how many people, how many times those uh, those possessions, those turnovers, came from uh, you know came from specifically those entry passes that way a few comments thanks people for for being for coming in uh, please please do comment uh Saki, uh was the most frustrating game ever i completely completely agree um jay newt that's the worst display of post entry passing i've ever seen both decision making <laughs> and execution i don't blame you for that uh mr jay newt um do you think Chris? I mean, Chris, like on a scale of one to ten, I, I feel like I say this all the time. But like, how long term? Where do you think Louisville goes from here, specifically in the point guard position? You know, that's 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 a really good question because I I came into this game not thinking that a lot of the issues that that offensively that Louisville was having was was predicated on on the point guard play. So now I think I have to reevaluate. You know, in general, some of the things that I think about this team, I, I, I think tonight that was that was totally uh, the issue. So I'm not sure I have the exact answer for you. I mean, I'm looking at the the plus minuses here. Darius Perry, Darius Perry was negative ten. Um, Dwayne Sutton was negative nine. Uh, McMahon was negative nine. Jordan Moore was negative ten. Uh, Malik Williams was negative sixteen. Um, the only positive plus minus was Stephen Enoch, yeah. who was 
plus six. Um, so yeah, man, um, that's that's obviously a biggest the, the the biggest issue that we have going forward. I, I I think one of the one of the biggest you know positives with this team is that you have a guy like Stephen Enoch who is a true dominant five, and a lot of teams in college basketball don't have that. I I think the only guy that immediately comes to mind is your, is your guy Kansas the Azubuki kid yeah who is a who is a true like dominant five outside of that I'm not really seeing many guys that that are true fives that are dominant like that but when you when you can't get the ball into them it doesn't really matter that much and obviously Texas Tech scouted that I mean it, it, you you have to give them credit they they shut that down for the second half and they they saw they that shut that down that five that minutes into the first attack. half they shut it down five minutes of the first yeah. half and, and you're absolutely right Enoch the only one in the positive I, I do think if you're wanting to look at positive things um you really saw this is this is how Louisville loses every single bad thing that could happen did and it took that I mean yeah Jordan Moore got 14 points um five of them from the line but he was four of 16 from the field only one from seven for three like that's just not gonna happen most nights you would hope uh Ryan McMahon also two of six from three the whole the whole team shooting 17 percent from three I, I just I think that's an aberration so I think that's one positive you can take away is you, you, you know, hopefully these games don't come around that often. Um, and I, mean, I, I, I don't see Louisville shooting three of 17 from three very much. I don't know. No, definitely. So, I, I just guess that's, that's where, you know, the general conversation is about is your panic level. What are the things you saw tonight that are things that we take forward? And our issues going forward, and I, I think that starts with the point guard play. I think that's going to be a revolving door and a revolving conversation. As far as shooting, you know, Louisville makes shoots eight from seventeen tonight. They make five more threes. They probably win. Right. Uh, so I mean, it's it's interesting to me because the reaction on Twitter was that this team was kind of kind of having a a call to Jesus moment. That that you know this was a. A, a thing that had kind of been bubbling and a thing that was bound to happen, and maybe so. I mean, maybe Louisville was shooting very well, and that was kind of unsustainable. But at the same time, the way they shot tonight is something I don't think you're going to see going forward. So, yeah, I certainly hope so. I mean, that it's just it's just not indicative of what we've seen in the past. And, and you know, you're not going to see things happen like a, a guy like Benson come off the bench and, and drop ten points. You know, and 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 just do everything right go you know three of three from 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 the field and then hit a few free throws i don't think you're going to see that happen you know that often um i don't know it's just it's such a weird it, it's such an odd performance from this louisville team like i don't i just want i i understand the especially from the point guard position that's something that we're gonna like you said we're gonna talk about that after every game we're gonna come in if darius perry has seven assists you know eight points seven assists we're going to be pleased and if he comes in and he has two points four turn turnovers and like no assists we're going to be upset and i think that's going to matter from game to game um and i i my my bigger concern from the point guard position to me is fresh kimball because i i have yet to see extended play of fresh kimball where I felt comfortable with him being point guard, being in the point guard position, right. and that's what I'm getting. In, that's the text I'm getting, and that's the that's the okay. How long before we decide 
I don't know if we can play this guy come January, come February. And we're reaching that point with him, especially when it comes to finishing at the rim. I'm not quite sure at this point, what does he do well? Yeah. And I I mean, that's, that's where I feel like that rotation has to be tightened up. It's clearly been tightened up in the front court. Yes. You're not seeing, you're not seeing Ana Gahan in this game. I mean, you're not, you're seeing Samuel Williamson, you're seeing Malik Williams, you're seeing Jordan Moore, you're seeing Dwayne Zedden, and and then you're seeing Stephen Enoch. And that's it. It, I feel like the answers in Chris Mack's mind have been answered um, pretty much outside of the point guard spot. And that's where we need to see what happens going forward. Is it going to be David Johnson? Is it going to be Fresh Kimball? I don't know. But one of those guys kind of has to be picked to get the thrust in that role. And then you have to go forward. I mean, another thing that kind of sticks out to me is Lobel being out rebounded by a team that, yeah. that doesn't start a lot of guys that are big. I mean, it, it's a four guard lineup. Um, they, they play a guy in the middle that, you know, six, nine, six, ten. It, it varies. But in general, it's a four guard lineup. That's a team that Louisville should be able to out rebound, period. And that's where you look into it and you say, is it a is it a question of effort? Is it a question of focus? What is it? That that that's that's one of the kind of the secondary things that stuck out to me. I know the point guard play will get the most of the attention, but but what did you make of you know Louisville's efforts on the on the glass? No, I think that was a big issue, and you know it's the corniest thing that that your dad told you when playing basketball. But if you don't box out, you're gonna get your feelings hurt. And guys were just able to cut to the rim unguarded um, for Texas Tech, and that was that was hugely that was a huge disappointment. Um, you know, Dwayne Sutton had only you know he had nine rebounds, which is good for him. Um, Warren had f- five rebounds. Enoch only had six rebounds. Williams only had five rebounds. I think that's something we'll probably hear from Chris Mack here in these pressers. It, it, it guard guards helping out at the rebounding, you know, to rebound and, and get boards. Is it something he's harped on in games past? And I feel like it's something he's going to talk about tonight. And it's something we're still not seeing from this team. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's something that I, I, I just generally wonder about. I do feel like, that hasn't been something that's kind of, you know, followed them throughout the season. I thought Michigan, they were good against the glass. Um, so I, I think it's just, a, 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 it could be a matter of, you know, focus or, or effort or, you know, Texas Tech being desperate and wanting it more. But man, when you just look at the box score, you think about the entry passes, you think about the point guard play, mm-hmm. and then the rebounds really stick out to you. Um, but one, yeah, one mean, thing, all, that, all that being said, if Louisville just shoots averagely they probably win this game they lost by 13 but i mean that's a little misleading they probably in reality without the late fouls and stuff like that lost by you know seven or eight so if louisville shoots averagely it it, it could very well come down to a last second possession you know louisville makes a basket at the end they win and we're having yeah. a totally different conversation yeah so that's what's very fickle about college basketball and, and you know the conversations we have in general what were you gonna say no i, well, I just i was gonna say that ken palm has been updated just and so uh offensively looks like was the biggest hit uh the offensive official f- efficiency they they dropped down to 11th defense is still third after that performance well i mean they they played decently on defense i, I don't know um uh but like like we just talked about you know Louisville shot 17%, uh, yeah, 17.6% from three. They're still averaging 37.3% on the season. That's just not something that's going to happen every night, you would hope. Um, they average 
Oh, 54.6% from the two point from, from twos. And, you know, they were able, they, they shot in total 34%. So that's, that's just not, you know, you, you don't expect that to be the, the deal. <laughs> like just what's going to be the, the, the reality. It's just funny for me. You kind of, you know, alluded to it earlier, but this is like the, the typically the type of game that Louisville plays against Kentucky. That's what it felt yes. like. Yes. No, absolutely. Like, absolutely. That's a great point. Like the, 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 the bad shooting night and, you know, getting beat on the glass and, and some of the things that happened, the Chris Clark three going in when Malik Williams had him totally covered, um, that kind of ruined Louisville's momentum going into the second half. Those little things like that seem to be the things that happen when Louisville plays Kentucky. So maybe maybe this is a reverse of fortune. That would be great. And then right after that, there was that play. Uh, I'm trying to remember who it was for Texas Tech. Um, just a little after that, Chris Clark, um, um, I think it was Edwards, uh, who kind of he he jab stepped and, and and hit about an 18 footer that was very well yeah. guarded, and um, that that turned a six point game into an eight point game. And I I don't know, Chris. So it, let, let let me throw out a few scenarios for you, and you tell me as far as it relates to kind of this point guard, what you like best. All right. Please. So you have the option of, you know, starting Darius Perry and kind of continue what they're doing right now. Darius and, and Kimball are kind of splitting minutes. You have the option of Darius and David Johnson kind of splitting minutes and cutting Kimball about that all together. Or you have the option of moving Darius to the two and sharing minutes with the man and then having uh, the, the point guard spot be split between Kimball and and David Johnson, which one of those would you like to see? You have uh, you have Eastern Kentucky, and I think there's another game in the middle between Miami, Ohio. I want to say Eastern Kentucky and Miami, Ohio. Yes, before Kentucky. So you have two games that will you know will win, should win, regardless of what happens. Ma what would you? They will win. I mean, it's ninety nine point eight and ninety nine percent on on Ken Palm percentage yeah. of winning. What would you like to see as far as it relates to kind of see them experiment with there? I think definitely giving DJ more opportunity is I, I personally would rather see either Perry or Kimball get confidence at the position. I get it. These are two not very good teams, but I would love to see one of them have a, another, you know, nine assist night. Another one of them have another 12 point, 14 point game. That's what would make me feel better than 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 expecting David Johnson in his first ever game in the rivalry that he grew up with to be able to come in and play 20 minutes against Kentucky. I, I just I no disrespect to him. I just I I never came into the season expecting him to be a guy. And that's the text I get a lot is who is who is going to be the point guard for this team come March. I just yeah. never expected it to be David Johnson, no matter what your twenty, what your your subscriber told you, <laughs> on uh, on the on the message boards this summer. I never I mean, expected I him to be the guy this season. Maybe next season. So that's just not what I'm looking for out of this team. I think they're gonna have to find either Darius Perry or they're gonna have to find it within one of those two existing you know veteran point guards they have. <laughs> I'll answer to that. This is just an interesting quote that I saw from Chris Beard is that uh, Texas Tech tried to breathe, uh, breathe 
quote, diversity to their offense and purposely push the ball to get early shots. I actually tweeted about that early in the game. Yeah. Is that Texas, Texas Tech was scoring on 70% of their possessions that were that were 10 seconds or less. And, and Lowell was holding... Uh, opponents to 33% shooting that was uh, that went 10 seconds or less. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of an interesting thing, uh, interesting quote to see from him. Um, but as, as far as it relates to, to kind of that stuff, I don't think you should predicate, you know, what you're going to do at the point guard spot based upon one solo game against Kentucky. I don't think that's the answer. That's um, fair. But it is, it, it, it is interesting for me to see that, that Kentucky generally this season has struggled against bigger guards and that David Johnson is 6'5". Um, so that that's just a random thing that I'm throwing out there. I'm not sure that it means much more to the, uh, either way. I, I, I think your point holds credence. I, I think that this team, either way, is going to live and die with Darius Perry. Um, so at this point, you kind of just have to throw him to the fire and say, you've got to improve. You've got to make that leap. And if you don't, this team isn't going to meet expectations because, honestly, that's how I feel. I, I, I don't see anyone else stepping into the row and being able to make the leap that he can potentially make. That's how I feel. That makes a ton of sense. That that makes a ton of sense. And we're obviously Perry Potter had a few <laughs> a few guys like I know you're a Perry guy, but he played real bad tonight. And like, yeah, he 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 played he played garbage tonight. He, he was yeah, he wasn't I good. Mean, I'm not I'm not afraid to say that. Um, but my point is. I think he has the best opportunity to be best across this year. And listen, Chris, if this is the point guard, if this is what we're going to deal with point guards all season long, this team isn't winning a championship. Let's be real. Let's be realistic. So we understand that. And I, I, I don't know, but my point is, I don't think you can, I think you're much better off finding that point guard with what you have rather than having to build one in a few months time um, yeah. out of David Johnson. I, I I totally agree with you. I, I just don't think that – I think at this point in the season, given how much Louisville's going to lose next season, you kind of have to be all on with what you have right now. You have to be all in. Because next year isn't going to – I mean, you you you. I don't want to get too far into, you know, what Louisville's going to be next year. I don't even want to talk about that right now. But it's not going to be what they are this year. They're losing a lot of pieces. So you kind of have to be all in to who they are right now. And I just I, – I totally agree with you. I wish I disagreed with you because it would make for, for better content. But I, I think you have to be all in on Darius Perry at the point guard position and say that, you know, you have to sink or float with him. That, that, that is what it is. And listen, I get, I get what Chris Mack has said all season long. He's talked about – He's talked about Fresh Kimball, and he's talked about the fact that it took uh, Christian Cunningham some time to acclimate himself. I just am not seeing the flashes that I saw from Christian Cunningham initially in Fresh Kimball, and that's my concern with him, is that the finishing at the rim is it's scary. I, I mean, he finished one layup tonight, and I think he had three or four, maybe five. And that's that's been an issue in, in, in past games, and, and that you know it seems like his mechanics and the layup might not be suitable for power five play, which is kind of nuts. But it's not; it's something I've had people who I you know really trust basketball tell me uh, that quote unquote he's he's going to the rim with the wrong hand. That's but that's and that's not something you can fix uh, here in, in 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 the next few months. 
So um, that's my concern. And I think maybe he just needs a game where he can just see it go in the bucket a few times. And maybe he can get that against one of these two opponents coming up. Um, I do think you're going to have these games with Darius Perry. I think you're going to have these games in ACC play. This is not the last time we're going to have this discussion. I guarantee it. Exactly. But I think you live with those 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 losses because then you have games like he like he said where he has nine assists and no turnovers. Yeah, and I mean if if anybody has comments, and I know we have a decent amount of people viewing now, so if you have comments, go ahead and throw them in the chat. Please you know, do. If you if you have some some comments about the point guard play or, or things you'd like to see, we are all ears because I think I think we're as you know <laughs> kind of wondering those things as much as you guys are. But for me, I, I have felt like with this team, I really noticed that for Pittsburgh, is that the things Darius Perry does bad get magnified a lot more than the rest of the team. So, like, I, 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 I agree, totally Chris. agree with you. I agree. Darius Perry wasn't good tonight, but neither was Dwayne Sutton. Neither was Ryan. I mean, Ryan the man was okay. He was, he was able to stay on the floor. Obviously, that's kind of been a continuing theme. Neither was Fresh Kimball. He wasn't good. Um, Samuel Williamson, who I thought would would really show out tonight, wasn't good. Um, so I mean, it's kind of a all systems fail tonight. And, and <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. I I I just think that that Perry, the the things he does definitely gets magnified, and that kind of comes with the ter- territory of being point guard at the University of Lola. So I guess I should just kind of take that in stride. But man, there were a lot of lot of issues tonight in general. Um, a quote here from Chris Mack I want to read and, and I have a question after for you. Uh, hopefully our guys take this as a lesson learned. They're a well-coached team referring to Texas Tech. Chris Beard did a great job, a much better job of preparing his kids for this environment and the type of game that it was than I did. Chris, how I, I saw some of the restlessness on the TL about Chris Mack. And, and I think you harbor not all of them, but some of the sentiments that 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 some you know some animosity for for Mr. Mack. What what are your thoughts on Chris Mack? How much do you rest this on his feet? Let me uh, take a sip of beer before I answer that question <laughs> real quick. Hold on, just a second. We can't say we can't see Chris take a sip of beer. I'm I'm, I'm watching him. <laughs> <laughs> That's the same quote I heard last year. I mean that. that uh, listen, I I think I think Chris Mack is a great coach. I think he's a honestly a great offensive mind. I've had a lot more questions about his defense in general, which is kind of funny given how they played tonight. Uh, if you look at his Kim Palm numbers at Xavier, um, the offense has never been a question. It's been what happens with the defense. But honestly, I, I I see that quote and I hear that quote, and that's the same thing I heard against Duke. I heard it against North Carolina when they had, you know, the big hurrah about North Carolina coming to town and Muhammad Ali uniforms and things like that. And those are just the same quotes. And I'm just wondering, okay, yeah, I, I, I hope they hear the message and, and I hope they understand that, you know, you had to play hard every night and things like that. But I, but it's the same thing I've heard. I mean, it, it's finished. Toughness. Where do we go from here? I, I would love, like, we're not listening to the press conference right now, obviously, because we're talking. I want to hear more tangible things that you fix, I guess is what I'm saying. I I am not in the camp of bashing Chris Mack. Like I said, I, I think, you know, when, when Louisville hired him, he was the best, best coach, yeah. hands down. 
And I think he's a great coach. I think he's a top 10 coach. I'm not sure if he's a top five coach. He could be a top five coach. That still needs to be determined. I think he's a, a top 10 coach. But that quote right there is literally the quote we heard all of last year. We heard it against Minnesota. We heard it against North Carolina. We heard it against Duke. So, my, like I said, my question is, what are the tangible things that you fix? And, and that's uh, that's the million dollar question, or the four million dollar question, whatever Chris Mack is is getting <laughs> to to coach his basketball team. I think that's the that's that amount of money question. And your records, and we'll we'll see. I mean, we again we don't we don't get to see this team against tremendous competition. Um, you know, uh, until until the twenty eighth. Um, it's kind of it's not just as a total aside the fact that they only play like one game i guess i guess it's kind of a holidays thing um they only play that kentucky game they don't even really play at home throughout the holidays i'm sure a lot of people who come to town would love to see this little basketball team play um and they they don't get that but that is what it is i think that's more of a, a holiday break for the for the kids for the uh for the team than anything else but you're right it's uh, I I don't know how he fixes it. I mean I don't expect him to come. I don't expect him to come to the podium and say I'm gonna you know do more off the 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 wing or do you know. No, Dave, <laughs> I'm just I'm just tired. I'm tired of hearing that teams were tougher than us. I've I've heard that. I heard it last year. Like I, I you hear me? Like I, no, I hear I you. It. And listen, there's not. It's not a coincidence. It is not a coincidence that every single post game, Chris Mack mentions Dwayne Sutton's toughness. It's just not a coincidence, and I don't know. I don't know. At one, you know, yes, at some point you want coaches to instill that into the players, but it's what we talked about. And you know, you tweeted it during the game. Who's the Who's the Montrezl Harrell of this team? Who's the Who's the vocal, active leader of the team? And you know, you talk, you mentioned it. I saw, I saw Darius Perry, you know, kind of, you know, slump and, and, and motion and, and, and bicker with both Enoch and, and more at, at points in the game. Um, last season weeks, you know, Kristen Cunningham, I think was the leader of the team, but I don't think he was the vocal leader of the team. Right. So who is the guy who's going to step up and be that? Is it Dwayne Sutton? You know, I think, you know, he still had nine rebounds. I think he had some pretty great plays, but offensively outside of those rebounds, he wasn't great. Um, You know, only shooting two of six from the field, oh, from two, from three. Um, Who's going to be the vocal leader? Who's going to be the guy who puts the team on his back? Jordan Wara, you know, played okay. He wasn't quite that guy tonight. Um, he, He wasn't, you know, you can't expect him to be, you know, yeah. Ameri- you know, national player of the year every single night. You're going to have nights where he doesn't play very well. So that's fine. I don't know. We'll yeah. see. We'll we'll see. That's that's what that is the the question for me over the next 30 days. Um you know, there's how- another uh, there's another question in here about, you know, the guards getting the 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 entry passes into the bigs and yeah. I mean, that that's the story of the night. Um I kind of had a little bit of an epiphany while you were talking about, like, you know, that whole situation when I saw that question is, like, as I, as I said before, is, like, those entry passes can't really come from the guards against Texas Tech because of the way they play defensively. So 
I I don't know. I wonder how much that falls on the shoulders of of a guy like Jordan Wara looking to pass as far as like looking to attack because those those passes have to come from the wings. But yeah, that I just saw the question, so I kind of just want to you know throw something out there that I was thinking. No, that's yeah, a good I point. Mean, no, I think. It, go ahead. Go ahead. No, it, it, as far as it relates to Mac, it, you can't really fully evaluate him honestly until next year and maybe even if you want to go further down the line a year after that but what feels so different about this year like i said is that they're losing so many guys off of this team that there is so much of an emphasis on this season it's not really fair to chris mack because these a lot of these guys aren't his guys malik williams isn't his guy <laughs> stephen enoch isn't his guy ryan man isn't his guy jordan war isn't his guy i mean the 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 core of this team isn't they're not Chris Mack's team. I'm sorry, but but it kind of is what it is. I mean, the the emphasis on this season is is now. It is, and and that's like that's why these games like this are going to be magnified, and that's why me and you are going to over exaggerate, and that's why the fans are going to over exaggerate because there's so much pressure on this season and performing now. No, it makes a ton of sense. It makes a ton of sense, um, Chris. I think. I'm not sure what else we could talk about this game specifically, and I know uh, we're going to record the rest of our podcast episode here in a bit. Any last words for the viewers, the streamers, the, the guys <laughs> on here who are battling with us tonight? Um, got Eastern Kentucky coming up. That should be really fun to watch because Eastern Kentucky plays extremely fast. Um, uh, so I, that, yeah, I, I'm going to be... I'd be shocked if they don't get whooped. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I think that I, th I, I would hope that th that's what I'm expecting to see. I want to beat them by 40 points. That's, that's by the way, opinion. by the way, to anyone that's watching this right now on StubHub, there are lower bow seats for like $30. And that's something that you see very rarely in the yeah. young center. So go and snatch those up. If you get the opportunity, and you there you go. The game. There you I go. I guess that's that, that's the last words I have. <laughs> uh, take take the tickets from the wine and cheese crowd. Uh, you know, make it a loud night. Uh, but I guess I want to thank everyone for tuning in on Twitch. As I mentioned, we will have the rest of the pod up tomorrow. And if you're listening to the podcast, we'll see you on the other side of the break. Thank you, everyone. Chris, if you're listening to this, you just came on the other side of 45 minutes or 30 minutes of Chris and I talking directly after the the Louisville loss to Texas Tech, 70 to 57, and we just wanted to really quickly, you know, give a few quick, three quick points, Chris. You know, kind of rehash this because um, I think our minds are really scattered, and we kind of took like 20 minutes to 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 have ourselves back um what's point number one for you chris my i think my biggest point going forward and the thing that i take the most in this game that is actually going to be an issue going forward is just you know it, it, it's point guard play and it's not even the issues at point guard play because that's just something i've accepted 
I just feel like there's a sense of urgency to decide, you know, who you're going to roll with. You can't just, just, you know, get midway through the conference season and be like, shit, we don't, we don't need to play Fresh Kimball anymore. We don't need to play Darius Perrion anymore. We need to play David Johnson now. You can't do that. I think there's a sense of urgency to kind of sure up that rotation now. That that's my biggest like point number one. How do you? What do you think about that? No, I, absolutely. I think when we talked about it some of the stream, there's got to be guys that Chris Mack can look to and feel who are the people who are going to be able to make impacts. You know, in these games, if Plan A doesn't work, what's Plan B? Louisville has largely had the same Plan A every game. They have largely had – they've had this same starting lineup every game. They've started Darius Perry and Ryan McMahon in the guard position. Does that change now? That's – I think that's point number one. That That's that point. Um, and if that's going to change, I think that's got to change before we really get in the meat of ACC play coming soon. You know, um, that's something that needs to be figured out the first or second week of January. And, you know, you've got a big game against Kentucky here in the middle of that. So – what is how will these guards bounce back you know we just saw fresh kimball literally his a tweet came over the line he said i've got to be better um i will be better Uh, i hope that's true because you know and and, yeah i was pretty hard on him during the twitch stream and i think a lot of the fan base is is starting to starting to get pretty hard on him there's a long history of louisville fans being really hard on grad transfers and then or transfers and then ended up being okay so maybe is he going to be that Hopefully that'd be great to see. Did you want to? Did you want to give point number two? If if you don't have one, I have one. But it, do, do you have one? No, no, go ahead. Okay. Um, I I think point number two would be something we actually didn't discuss on the podcast. But it's just like cheering up who that guy that you go to is behind Jordan War when he's having a bad game. Because tonight it felt like me. It felt like to me that that guy there really wasn't like a sure answer. Louisville went into Stephen Enoch a lot, but I think a lot of that was, you know, the 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 type of mismatch they had in the post. Right. So is is that going to be the guy going forward? If that is the guy going forward, I'm totally fine with that. You know, Stephen Enoch being the number two scorer on this team is something I think is sustainable. I think it's something they can win with. But is that going to be the guy? I just think that needs to be shored up. Um, and that's I don't know that that's something I've kind of thought about in the last few minutes here. But to jump even off of him, I think how do you how do you ensure that he's that that in games where he has an advantage, you can ensure you take advantage of that advantage from from minute zero to minute forty. Uh, he you know Enoch had the first few buckets of this game against Texas Tech, and then he went largely absent up until the second half. How do you ensure Enoch? You know, maintains that maintains the opportunities in the right way. Some of that is related to guard play, but I do think how do you ensure he stays involved? Because I'm right there with you. I think if you wanted at the end of the season to say who's the number two scorer of this team, and you say it's Stephen Enoch, I think that's a that's a that's a championship winning mentality. I'm okay with that. That's that's something that works for me long term. So it's something I think this Louisville team needs to figure out. You got third thing, Chris? Chris? I don't know if I have a third thing. You got anything? Here's the third thing. thing. I think it's something you talked about. about. It's Chris Mack. It's what can Chris Mack do to ensure this doesn't happen? Hey, I mean, something we – I'm going to let you continue on that point, but I I, I just have to get in here for just a moment. We talked about that, like the the Chris Mack factor in our kind of like tip-off season. Chris Mack is 49 years old. I mean, he, he's still a coach that is growing and a coach that is learning, and there's been yes. questions about, 
you know, how he kind of underperforms with very talented teams and, and, and how he kind of thrives in the underdog row. So, yeah, that's, that's a very good point. And, you know, I think this Louisville team, you know, they're still going to be largely an, an overdog, uh, you know, largely a favorite. Overdog. Why did I say overdog? Yeah, overdog is a great word. I'm down with it. I mean, th- th- even looking at Ken Palm right now, they're they're st- they're only pro- they're still projected to lose just three games for the rest of the season. That would make them th- th- that would that would make them twenty six or twenty seven and four or yeah twenty six and four um, throughout this regular season. So that that's very interesting to me. I I mean, there there's not going to be a whole lot of opportunities for him to be able to say they're the underdogs, and. It just—it's concerning to me that he was uh, that they were unable to muster an effort against this very inspired Texas Tech team, and they weren't able to make any adjustments in that halftime. It felt like it was largely a continuation of the same game. So I think how Chris Mack will respond in, over the next two weeks is really important to me, and, and I think is is um, a, a, probably that third point. Anything else on this game before we move? I mean, how Louisville does it feel to just have the early season head scratching? Loss when 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 Louisville's a high. It feels like a rite of passage at this point, doesn't yeah, it? There was always going to be a reality check. I, I I really want to stress that. I think a lot of people were really discouraged about how how things happened tonight. Things looked bad. We know how we act. We know how we're going to be, and uh, hopefully hopefully things turn around um, in this in this uh, you know in in this near term. I expect them to turn around. Uh, but we always expected them to have this silver line, this this reality check. And my silver lining is it's not happening in Lexington. Yeah, I mean that that's the biggest thing. Let's let's talk about other stuff. We haven't done that in the last few podcasts. We have been very like sports centric. We have talked a lot about global football. Um, we're gonna have plenty of time to talk about the bowl game. I I don't know about you, but I'm pretty distraught about it not being Tennessee. That whole deal was pretty funny. <laughs> funny to me um i, I think we're we can we can talk about it if you want to get five minutes on you know kentucky getting strong armed out of the gator bowl and, and i think that's the thing that's more interesting to me and i don't know i i i don't i don't listen to ksr on a on a on any kind of basis um so i don't i don't know the the bvn talking points i haven't been as tuned into that um but I do think it was utterly hilarious that Kentucky fans were, were upset about it. And, uh, or, and Tennessee fans seemingly were upset that Kentucky fans were upset about it, which was kind of funny as well. I, I, do, th- I do think that I, I, I tweeted it out that, uh, that Matt Jones had that tweet. It was like uh, the SEC has it, – it ended up hurting them in the long run because they got – they had you know two matchups or three matchups that were really interesting, much more interesting than it ended up becoming. I completely agree with him. I think Louisville versus Tennessee would have been interesting in a unique way. IU versus UK, God, that's interesting. And um, and they don't get that now because Tennessee acted weird and 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 former acted weird. So I don't know that that just was a whole interesting situation. I don't have a whole lot to say on that front, and we will be able to talk ad nauseum about about this bowl game next week or whatever. Um, um, what is like what is like the reverse situation for that in like college basketball is it like you know like arguing for seeding in the NCAA tournament <laughs> that's the that's the closest thing I could I could come up with because like I feel like how Kentucky was treated is like how Louisville has been treated by the ACC by like North Carolina and Duke 
But that stuff never really matters because it's basketball related. So yeah, this guy may write write a column about you know how Louisville's not real ACC, but it, it it doesn't amount to nothing. I feel like that was like very like tangible for like for like Tennessee being able to go in there and be like the SEC should care about Tennessee and they should be in a high profile game. I don't know that that was very like interesting. It wasn't even like funny to me because I sad with Kentucky fans on this. I really do. Uh, yeah, um, it, I, I was with you when you tweeted. You were like, I would like to see like kind of like the the the, the thirty for thirty on how that whole situation went down. It is very interesting. Which, like, Which, like, uh, and I had like someone's like that wouldn't be a very interesting thirty for thirty. I just mean generally like, give me the oral history of the SEC call, uh, calling Tennessee like, okay, it looks like are you guys good with the Music City Bowl? And they're like, yeah. And then they call back and say, AK, uh, JK, we're actually not. Um, <laughs> I just want to hear like that whole thing. What was Mitch Barnhart's reaction when he found out he was not going uh, to, to the Gator Bowl? That type of stuff I think was interesting. Yeah. Yeah, um, Aaron Torres just tweeted that Louisville's not a very good basketball team right now. So there, there's yeah, that. Aaron Torres, <laughs> I made thousands and thousands of dollars on being John Calipari's uh, like like media t- head. And, oh, no, I'm not a Kentucky fan, but I've got a podcast on the KSR Podcast Network, Aaron Torres. <laughs> that that, 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 that Aaron, Aaron Torres. I just had to, had to put that out there. Um, you can't hear the video, but I'm doing the Kanye West, like the uh, simmer down like you want you want to talk about the the uh gq i mean si- since you were quoted in gq i feel like <laughs> i feel like you are the authority to talk about gq writing about louisville not embracing hunter s thompson i mean give me a break i don't listen i don't know i actually not just i think it's not even that wasn't even necessarily it um oh man yeah, I just saw your tweet. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so yes. so for those uninitiated, I'll, I'll post the uh, I'll post the article in the um, you know in, in the show notes. There's an article from GQ. I don't even have like keep Louisville Gonzo. How a Kentucky town is embracing Hunter S. Thompson. What, what a what a title! <laughs> just <laughs> Kentucky <laughs> town. <laughs> Is embracing Hunter S. Thompson. How about how Hunter S. Thompson's birthplace is embracing their native son? Like, it just, come on. Come on. I mean, the Gonzo Fest has been going on for over five years now. Um, and there's a Hunter S. Thompson banner somewhere in the city of Louisville. I'm not exactly sure where it is. I think it's on Barstown Road. It would make sense. Yeah, it's on Barstown Road. The Hunter S. Yeah. Hunter, Hunter's Louisville. So I, I, I didn't even read the article. I'm not going to read an article like that. So it's kind of funny that I'm even talking about it, but I, it's just like I think it's a larger like point that 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 Robert kind of kind of brought up, um, where where he kind of talked about like there's like this little like trend of of people doing this flyover journalism in the state of Kentucky and making these like grandstanding points um, about Kentucky and about Louisville, and they just don't seem to stick, and that's that's all types of fun. No, it is, and and. It just was a weird article because they just talk about the which which is fair like the like the kind of weird history that Hunter S. Thompson has with with Louisville. What, what was weird about it was just like the way they just frame Louisville in it is odd. Not like it seemed. I don't know enough about. I, I'm going to be honest. I don't know enough about Hunter S. Thompson's history specifically with Louisville outside of um, you know the 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 the. the 
Kentucky Derby, decadent, depraved, and the fact that he apparently was quote unquote kind of run out of town when he was a kid and, and got into a lot of trouble. And um, it, they're definitely embracing him now. But every single photo in this article, Chris, and uh, you might have seen a tweet, makes Louisville look like it's like some dilapidated, like industrial, like wasteland. And it's it's just there's even like a picture there's a picture of Butchertown Grocery that makes it look super uninteresting. So 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 there's an attack on mobile from Frankfurt, but also from the national media. <laughs> you just can't stop talking about Louisville. Uh, but our 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 good buddy uh, Robert from uh, from Mile Kentucky Podcast was like, "Is is every mid sized city just have this same problem where national national outlets come and just totally misunderstand the city?" Um, which is definitely what happens. I would. It, it's a longish article, and I don't think it really has a real point besides, "Hey, Louisville's interested in making Hunter S. Thompson an important part of its culture," which is like, okay, sure, like explain, like that doesn't that's that's not really an article i don't know it, it's not but i would encourage everyone to at least come and look at the photos there's just a random photo of a woman walking down a street uh next to like a, a semi-painted or like a a fadedly painted warehouse and it makes louisville look like it's like the worst part of detroit which yeah, is it's just, like, just hilarious. hilarious i don't know man it, it it's just an odd dynamic to me uh, in, in general like that that's a thing. I, I feel like that probably is a thing that like most flyover Midwestern states can kind of relate with. That these guys just come in and they they spend like three or four days in in a city or a state and they they have these grandstanding takes and I don't know. It, it, it's pretty funny. Yeah, I would definitely recommend people uh, take a look at the article. I don't have a whole lot to say, but yeah, to go back to the GQ thing for me, there's uh, if you you actually can't even look at. It, it doesn't come up if you search Gabe Diverge. For some reason, the person used my full name, Gabriel Diverge. If you look up Gabriel Diverge GQ, you'll see one hilarious quote I gave when I was 25. And Can you tell me how that happened? Uh, it was a guy just like – and I follow him on Twitter, and now he doesn't even work for GQ anymore. But he was like, hey, I'm looking for people who own this pair of sneakers. And I was like, yeah, that's 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 me. And he's like, can you give me a quote of why you own the sneakers? I'm like, sure. And I gave him the quote, and he just ran with it. I'm like, man, I kind of feel like a like a douche. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a great it was, it was a great quote about the about the style of sneaker. I don't know. Yeah, the, I think, the, I, the night, night kill shot twos, the uh, the J Crew uh, kill shot twos. Which it's funny because I think my quote says something to the effect of like, it's a good shoe to make it look like you care about style when you don't actually care about style. And like since then, I've definitely cared more about style than I'd like to admit. Um, my wife will tell you about that. I don't know if she 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 listens sometimes, so maybe she'll make fun of me for this quote. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but yeah, so GQ, go uh, read the piece if you want, uh, or if you want to be insulted, don't. Um, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Andy Brashear is our governor today, Chris. Yeah, um, that's a thing that happened. Um, <laughs> I, I, I want to. We don't have it down here on our notes, but I wanted to just like talk about the fact that it's so hilarious that Matt Bevin a yesterday like had like a one of those like everyone come and clap for me as I yeah. get to my office. Yeah, office yeah. Time. 
And then B didn't give the keys to the governor mansion over until like 11 p.m. when he was supposed to leave by midnight. And then they said, I think it was, um, I don't remember who, I think maybe it was Bashir. He said that Fletcher's administration gave him like six days to to move in. And and Bevan gave him like an hour. Honestly, something that I, I thought would get picked up a little bit more on Twitter is like the interview of him like crying. And, oh, okay, okay. I didn't see him get picked up by media. Yeah, okay. Cool, yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe that was just something that I, I was kind of just off the internet for. Um, but, but yeah, that's absolutely hilarious. Kind of defiant till the end. Um, I mean, as, as far as it relates to Bashir, um, I don't know if there's any, like, grandstanding, like, takes that we have about, you know, him kind of being uh, initiated into office. The, the comments about felon voter rights being restored as early as possibly Thursday or at least initiating that, pro- uh, that process is, to me, something that is very near and dear to my heart um, and something that makes me very happy outside of that. I'm not sure that I have any other comments, but, but anything you have on that front? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, do I, mean think, I, do think- I do think the fact that he – we're going to hear a lot about him uh, redoing the Board of Education that he did in one fell swoop. The, the 11, 11 of the 12 members have already sued. I saw someone jokes like, when did these guys have the opportunity to meet? It was like within an hour and a half of them losing their positions. They had already sued and like had the lawsuit filed. Like it's like they definitely knew it was coming. Um, Speaking so, of suing, did you see that JCPS sued Jewel today? Yes. Yes. That's did see that. what what grounds? Do you know? I I, 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 I similar to what like states are doing to opioid manufacturers i think okay it's a similar, similar kind of idea um okay cool yeah i didn't i didn't mean to interrupt you while you were right there you just made me made me you just made me think of it um i, I don't know that that was that was a weird headline for me to see um no, but yeah i don't disagree at all definitely definitely interesting but i mean it does seem like you know, Bashir is following up on the fact that public education is really important to him. And I, obviously you like to see, you know, you love to see politicians back up with what they ran on. And it seems like that's going to be a situation um, on that front. I, uh, I do think I'm starting to get the vibe that there's going to be a lot more, a lot of the kind of legislative battles that we can, you know, expect. Um, Kentucky is such a weird state legislatively my understanding that this turnaround that Bashir has to come up with a budget is just like impossible you know for 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 someone who isn't going to have to deal with legislative uh, gridlock so fighting for these the fighting for these expansions of of education funding is going to be difficult and finding the the money to do so because the state just cut taxes a whole lot uh is going to be in a special a special challenge so that's something to look at uh, we are by no means the the legislative experts i would refer you to mild kentucky podcast for that because they're really good at that uh it's something we'll definitely comment on but it's something that if you're interested in i would definitely keep an eye on <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was going to say is I'm looking forward to some of these issues kind of coming to the forefront um, and, and then we'll kind of address them and, and talk about them a little bit more. But like you said, man, it, there are going to be some 
some pretty initial like fireworks here in the next few months. And I'm uh, looking forward to watching that. And yeah, like you said, I, I would, uh, I would reference everyone um, to check out the, the mile Kentucky on pod because they do a great job um, kind of breaking down those things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, did you have any other comments on kind of that stuff there at the no, end? No, no, I, think, I think that's good. I, I wanted to kind of in closing, ask you a certain thing about something that doesn't really have to do about mobile, but something that a lot of people are like talking about. And that is this Patriots situation and the Patriots doing what the Patriots do um, because they're the Patriots. My, my, my question is in all of this, like do you think that stuff like this and you know, I, I'm not going to break down the situation. Like if, if you don't know what's going on, just, Google Patriots, you'll you'll quickly be abreast to the 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 Patriots doing what the Patriots doing. But do you think like something like this, we see it in you know the MLB. We we saw it with kind of the Houston Astros to a very much larger extent. But do you think like something like this is a function of of technology? Like this is like a very like I, I'm not going to take that leap to say this is like it's not the the person, it's the guns obsession because it's not that. <laughs> But, like, I, I feel like some of this happening in sports is, like, a function of just the technology being available to these teams and something that I feel like almost all teams are going to do if they have the opportunity to do it. Do you think this is something that we're going to see more of going? Of course. I, I think the answer has to be, of course. I mean, I, can, I, only can, I only have to refer you to baseball, where in the past few years we've had – a, a cheating scandal involving an Apple iWatch and a cheating scandal <laughs> like, like, like older technology, technology of just like live videos and with the Astros, uh, you know, not not to be this guy, but the, the my New York Yankees were cheated out of two World Series titles because of the Houston Astros. I'm just going to say that uh, off the top. Um, but with all that being said, no, in all seriousness, no, cheating, it's, it's, there's too much at stake. And this is the same thing with college sports, just to tie this back to everything. And that's why I've this is this is the the crux of the paying the players argument. There's too much at stake in sports for you not to cheat. Right. And, and that's that, like every every everyone says like the, the whole the whole biggest take with this like Patriots thing is like, why would the Patriots do this against the Bengals? They don't have anything they've done it every game. Why would they stop? Here's, 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 I don't know if you saw the background, and I the this is the conspiracy theory coming together here, is that the Patriots wanted, which also doesn't make sense to me because they whooped the Rams behind, but Zach Taylor was the OC for the Rams, or or the offensive assistant or whatever. I don't think he was quite the OC. I think maybe he was like the wide receivers coach or something. But he heavily involved. He was sort of the the offensive person under um, under McVay. And they wanted a better idea of how the offense is working now for for Los Angeles, which doesn't make sense because, again, they whooped that behind last year. But the one thing that was interesting to me is I had a friend send me a quote from the spy from like a long piece published in SI about Spygate. And it talked about the fact that they, it was a guy who said the Patriots have always been doing this and how they how they get this tape is he literally quoted the fact that they often say, 
that they're just doing videos for the content team or the website. And this is like, this is a hundred percent stuff that they've done before. And that was back then for Spygate. This wasn't even this issue. No, I mean, even if you want to throw it back to like, this is different, but if you want to throw it back to Louisville about WikiLeaks and, and things like that, I just like, I, I just feel like with the technology at hand and, and the resources that, you know, even college football teams have, they, they hire so many people on the staff and there's, there's so many people working off. I just feel like this is a function of things that are going to happen. So I'm curious, like, I don't know. I, I think eventually you're going to see some type of like stop dates to, to limit this stuff. And I, I'm really, really like curious what happens. Like, because if you, if you look at like, you, you can't like, you can't film offensive plays because they come in through a head, they come in through a headset and then, you know, there's, there's a quarterback who has that, but you can do it with defensive plays. And like, I feel like the only way to, to kind of stop that with the defensive stuff is to give every defensive player a, a microphone in their helmet. And then you have 12 guys with microphones in the helmets. And then if you, yeah. And then if you do that, you, you speed up the game and they're scoring and the game changes. I don't know. Like, man, I, I, I think this is just fascinating because I think it's, I, I think it's something that's going to continue happening more and more and more as technology involves as teams hire more people, as they hire analytics people, as they hire people like that that are going to be trying to find a competitive advantage. So I don't know. I'm really interested, and I just kind of wanted to throw that here at the end as, as some jargon that we can kind of finish with. People are always going to make the best of their options. I mean, you know, the the old old guys who played football and baseball and basketball 60 years ago talked about taking caffeine pills. Like it's it's not it's always it, there's always going to be people looking to gain an edge. I mean, you're seeing a huge scandal with Russia. It's it's a continuing fight to stopping cheating. So I don't I, I I've never understood why people have always tried to look to sports to be 100 percent clean because it's it's never gonna be. It's never gonna be. People are always trying to find an advantage. I don't know. It's it's about it. it, it there's a difference. I just think there's a difference between setting up a landscape where cheating is encouraged by college sports or setting up an opportunity where that's not the difference in those advantages isn't as high. That's, yeah. that's my thought. Cause it's always uh, going to be there. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you're totally right. Um, we can kind of close it up on there. I don't know if you had any other things. No, um, yeah, we, we, we haven't done this for a, a few podcasts, but I just want to say like, like the podcast, subscribe to the podcast um give us a few reviews please um it, it, even if you you know you don't like the podcast and you have some some helpful criticism we are always open to that um and yeah share friend share that's one thing you know we haven't um we haven't been on top of the the newsletter as much as we <laughs> but share but the share podcast the- with a friend if you like this and if you enjoy it you think we got good takes i mean uh, not to not to toot our own horns, but I think we did a really good job of covering, uh, of covering the the successes of this Louisville basketball team, especially in light of um, before and after Michigan. And I think we're we're doing a decent job now. So if you like fun, if uh, and uh, fun analysis, but interesting analysis, I definitely would, you know, encourage you to encourage you know your friends, loved ones, people who are interested in Louisville and uh, Louisville sports to to listen. Listen. Yeah, and I, I think that's about about covers it. Um, 
we'll, we'll see what happens with this with this mobile team next because we have a lot more interesting angles to cover now. And I, for one, honestly, Gabe, I'm I'm a little 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 thankful because there are a lot of more avenues that have opened tonight that I did not know existed. So there's that. Absolutely, no question. It's definitely added some complexity to this season. And it was, I think it was going to happen. So I'm not, I'm not surprised it happened. Uh, I'm surprised a little in the manner, um, but not that it happened. So we'll see. And uh, we'll talk. Thanks again for everyone for listening. And if you tuned in and listen, appreciate you an extra amount. We will talk to you guys next time. Take care.